Welcome to 660amtheanswer.com and the Wells Report podcast page. Brought to you by, well, this introduction and, of course, the very hard work of executive producer Vicki Steifer. Hope you enjoy the shows. Thanks very much again for checking them out here on 660amtheanswer.com. Is anybody out there paying attention to what's going on in this country, in this state, and in this city? We know one man who is. You got questions? He's got answers. This is The Wells Report with John David Wells. On 660 AM, The Answer. You are listening to The Wells Report. My name is John David Wells. Going to get right to it tonight. North Korea has successfully produced a miniaturized nuclear warhead able to be used with its missiles according to a leaked U.S. intelligence assessment. The analysis from the Defense Intelligence Agency dated July 28th reveals the small dictatorship is one step closer to becoming a nuclear power according to the Washington Post. The IC, intelligence community, assesses North Korea has produced nuclear weapons for ballistic missile delivery to include delivery by ICBM-class missiles. The speed with which North Korea has reached this critical point surprised many analysts who expected it would take the country years to be able to successfully miniaturize the warheads. North Korea had claimed last year it had tested a miniaturized warhead displaying a spherical device, which state media said was a bomb. Many experts doubted the veracity of those claims at the time. What initially looked like a slow-motion Cuban Missile Crisis is now looking more like the Manhattan Project, just barreling along, said Robert Litwack, non-proliferation expert at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. He told the Washington Post, quote, There's a sense of urgency behind the program that is new to the Kim Jong-un era. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un was also assessed to be increasingly confident in his nuclear arsenal, which may explain his willingness to engage in missile tests, which have drawn criticism even from China. North Korea is now thought to have up to 60 nuclear weapons in its arsenal, according to a U.S. assessment last month, although some experts suggest the number could be closer to 20 to 25. If, however, you're listening in Denver, if you happen to be listening in San Diego, if you happen to be listening in Washington D.C., they come over the polls that way. If you could, uh, if you are listening, you need to be uh, you need to be in mind, kept in mind that that three or four is a smaller number than twenty. Now, it's very unlikely that they have twenty smaller nuclear warheads, but it's simply a matter of manufacture. It should be something that they never reach. Because someone should preempt them. The question is, will someone do that? How will they do it? And what will China do? For its part, North Korea threatened a ballistic missile strike on U.S. territory of Guam. This is the latest of the bellicose warmongering exchange between the rogue nation and President Trump, who vowed fire and fury like the world has never seen. As a matter of fact, he said this at a press gaggle. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening. Uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, 
fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. Thank you. The president had his arms crossed in front of him with his hands in fists when he said it. Body language experts said he is extremely uncomfortable with the situation and he's extremely angry about it. This does trace back to the Clinton administration and a deal with North Korea that would preclude them from ever having the bomb. The very same kind of deal Iran is dealing with right now. As a matter of fact, many of the same people were involved in the deal-making process. UN Ambassador Nikki Haley explained on Fox and Friends just exactly what the sanctions that she had been working on actually will do. Well, it sounds like he's having a temper tantrum because uh, because of the sanctions. He is now saying through state-run television, we will mobilize all resources and take physical action. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we are getting closer to a shooting war. But we don't run scared. This had to happen. We had to go after his hard currency. We had to stop him. How he responds, he's going to now have to think, what's the end game? Is he really going to come after the United States knowing what the United States can do back? He's got to make that calculation. He now has to decide that. And I think what the United States does is we continue to know what our options are, and we continue to be able to... What are our options? If the sanctions aren't working, is it just to put ground troops? Is it what, What's the next step? I think it depends on what he does. You know, so if he goes and he still small things, he's going to watch his hard currency go way down. He's going to start to see some real kicks when it comes to his ballistic missile program. Mm -hmm. If he chooses to do something more dangerous, the United States will respond accordingly. And I think the international community will respond accordingly. One thing you didn't do, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you did not sanction Chinese banks the deal with North Korea. Would that be the next step? So what we did do is we sanctioned one of the primary banks that North Korea deals with, and that was a hard-hitting bank that we did do. So we went after coal, lead, iron, seafood. We went after sanctioned designations, including the bank, and then we went a step further. No new laborers, which they make a lot of money, no new laborers leaving North Korea, and then we also went after joint ventures, no joint ventures. So this is pretty comprehensive. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson also spoke about what he expects to happen now the sanctions are in place. The next steps, obviously, are to see that the uh, Security Council resolution uh, sanctions are enforced by everyone. Uh, we will be monitoring that carefully. We hope, again, that, uh, that this ultimately will result in North Korea coming to the conclusion to choose a different pathway, uh, and when the conditions are right, that we can sit and have a dialogue around the future of North Korea so that they feel secure and, uh, and prosper uh, economically. Are we looking at a new Korean War, and indeed, should we fight it? 866-660-5759. This is how we started our conversation yesterday. Joe said, you know what? We, we don't need to do this. We need to stand back. Do we? There are two... U.S. carrier groups in the vicinity of North Korea. There are ballistic missile submarines. There are attack submarines with cruise missiles. There are, there are serious assets in place to be able to defend the entire area from anything coming off of the countryside of North Korea. The question is, 
what should we do? It's expensive to keep those things out there, keep all that power in place. When it is there, it's not someplace else. Fortunately, the President of the United States has seen fit to move forward with re-energizing the American military with more money. Many of the assets that had suffered so much during sequestration, etc., have been revitalized. It has not been announced, but I'm reasonably sure that we could indeed carry on two full-on conflicts at once on either side of the globe, as was American strategic doctrine throughout the Cold War. What do you think about all of this? How should this war be prosecuted? Should it be prosecuted with nuclear weapons? This would reinforce the fact that the United States is the only country on the planet that has ever used nuclear weapons in anger. And it also is worth pointing out that we, if we were to attack North Korea with nuclear weapons, that would be the second Asian country that felt the wrath of the United States nuclear might. So is there a new North Korean war in the offing, and should the United States fight it? 866-660-5759. The brinksmanship is delicious in a bad sense. I'm not I'm not saying that it's exciting or anything of that nature at all. What I'm saying is is that it's it's very interestingly balanced. Anything that is launched out of North Korea would be allowed to fly long enough to determine with reasonable certainty what its de- destination would be. The only reason that North Korean missiles were allowed to fly before was because they wanted to see we, the people of the United States, defense analysts, etc., wanted to see just exactly what the capabilities of those missiles actually was. Were they able to come up with some sort of reentry vehicle, something that would allow a warhead to reenter intact? What was the range of the missiles? How long could they fly? Etc., etc. What was the throw weight? All of these things can be calculated by virtue of watching the, the missiles fly, provided, of course, they're flying on a trajectory that takes them out into the ocean. But when these missiles fly and they're not flying out into the ocean, where are they flying to? Again, it's, easy, it's very easily calculated as to where those missiles could end up based on what we've seen them do from a standpoint of flight performance and what direction they're flying in. The problem with that is is that the longer they fly, the more difficult the the actual target vehicle is to hit. Eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. Is there a new Korean War in the offing? Should the United States fight it. How should the war be prosecuted? With nuclear weapons? I would suggest no. 
I would suggest at the beginning that what would end up happening is is that the United States would prosecute it with bombers and cruise missiles and lots of them. And you would have to target where they could launch their missiles from. We have the technology to keep our eyes on vehicles, and I'm talking about now trucks, etc., that would carry missile launchers around the country. We have the technology to be able to follow those people at will. I'm sure it's in place as well. So all of this comes down to a new Korean War. Should we fight it? How should we fight it? I would say that we would do it in a conventional sense. That we would attack military targets as quickly as humanly possible. I would suggest that any boots on the ground, sorry to use that term, but any boots on the ground would be sent in to immediately secure any nuclear weapons site and be able to defend it. It would be quite it would be quite a mission. Eight six 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 zero five seven five nine eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. The freaky little fat kid apparently has a real serious issue with the United States of America, and it seems as though he's been working very, very hard at keeping his cre- his his capability intact and moving it forward quite quickly. Should we entertain? His his pathological ideology. This is the Wells Report. If it's important to you, it's on the Wells Report on six sixty AM. The answer. You are listening to the Wells Report. My name is John David Wells. Our telephone number is eight six 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 zero five seven five nine eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. The Korean War, a new one. Are we going to fight it? If we are going to fight it, how are we going to fight it? Let's get to uh, let's get to people who have called us. Let me get to uh, David in Dallas. David, thanks for joining us. What do you think about this this new Korean War? Should we fight it? Well, we're gonna. I don't know if he starts one. We'll have to fight it. But I think this whole thing could be a big bluff. I think this boy has been told by some of the hierarchy of the Democrat Party that want to get Trump out of power to bluff him. And I think he'll bluff him right up until the, uh, Donald Trump did what he did. He put it down where that guy, if he launches, he knows what's going to happen to him. Now, if he does something beyond what he said today and threatening Guam or actually did something, fine. He knows what's coming for him. But I think he's a big bluffer. And I think he's been put up to by the Democrat hierarchy to make Trump look bad. And they want to see how far they can push Trump on one hand. On the other hand, they want to try to make him look bad to see what he's going to do. But I don't. I think they picked the wrong president to bluff, because I don't think Trump is going to bluff, and I, I'm, I'm with him. Well, you got to understand something else. He's also got three generals in his back pocket telling him, okay, so we think this is probably what's going to end up being the case, Mr. President. And they're on his side. They're on his cabinet. I mean, and then he has the Joint Chiefs of Staff so it's not like he doesn't have all of the military horsepower that he needs to make the exact right decision. 
866-660-5759. Logan in Dallas, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Wells Report. Well, Mr. J.D. Wells. Well, Mr. Logan, man, well, it's been a long, long time. Well, sir, it has. And I just happen to know a little bit about missile delivery systems, working with Martin Marietta, um, the Persian systems back in the 70s with the uh, 85th USAFAD. And I think it's declassified now. Um, you see, missiles can deliver their payload by flying like an airplane. However, we also, back in the day, we had missiles that the delivery system, the rocket portion of it, actually took it into low Earth orbit. At that point in time, the rocket was no longer required. The payload, which was the, the nuclear portion, the payload, was just kicked off at its own right. GPS, and it would just go actually pretty much anywhere you wanted to go on the Earth. Yeah, it was a ballistic tra- trajectory that took it essentially to a place on Earth. That's why that's why you have to wait until the missile is tracking at some point to be able to determine where the warhead is going to go. And then, if it's on, say for example, Guam, then you have to shoot it down. The problem is, the longer the flight goes, the harder it is to hit. This is the Wells Report. The Wells Report is on 660 AM, The Answer. You are listening to The Wells Report. John David Wells at your service. North Korea has missile-ready nuclear warheads. In other words, miniaturized missile-flyable warheads. And it came out in a United States intelligence assessment that was predictably leaked from the the Defense Intelligence Agency. It's dated uh, July 28th. And so now all of us know. And... uh, And the idea that it looked like a slow-motion Cuban Missile Crisis now looking like the Manhattan Project just barreling along, Robert Litwack said that. He's a non-proliferation expert at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. That is beginning to look like the quote of the day. 866-660-5759. So the new Korean War, how do we fight it? Under what circumstances? And do we fight it at all? Sarah from Dallas, welcome to the Wells Report. Good to have you here. Hey, John David. This is Sarah from the Friday Night Show. Hi, Sarah. Um, Thanks for joining us. Hey. I'm glad to be here. Listen, I just, I'm wrestling with this idea of this new Korean War because, you know, this is not going to be anything that's separated from anything that's in the larger scale of things. This is part of a global, very intense global complexities, and I think we're going to see some massive ripple effects, and it'll be instantaneous. So any anything we play on that international game board is going to have to be seriously thought out uh, with that in mind. I'm reasonably sure that this would be a conventional response to a to a nuclear threat. No one's I ever agree. no one's ever tried that before. It would be interesting to see how it works out. Uh, right. I would I would believe that that North Korea has kind of a quandary. On one hand, they have shown too many cards. I tweeted right. I tweeted earlier today I said the uh the PRK the People's Republic of Korea PRK uh-huh. plus miniaturized warhead plus typo dog missile equals equals self immolation. 
and 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 they're kind of in a position where if they actually try to put together a launch vehicle, they are going to get hit, and that's going to happen very very quickly. What they've done is right. they've they've essentially bargained themselves out of any kind of bargaining position. If they well, move. The response- I'm sorry, the response has got to be shock and awe, and it's got to be a sustainable response to that, too. Yep, yep. And and thank you very much. I appreciate it, Sarah. It's always good to hear from you. Let me get a hold of John from Grapevine. Same thing with you, John. I'm so glad you called. Well, I had hoped it wouldn't come to this, but we're dealing with a psychopath. The first thing we're going to do, John David, if I'm in charge... We are going to fight to win. This is not going to be Vietnam, where we fight with one hand behind our back. Or even the first Korean War. That's exactly correct. And it's not going to be where we call off the the heat and the troops, as we did with Desert Storm. I mean, he needs to understand, you're stepping up into the ring with a heavyweight now, and I'm going to hit him like it's Muhammad Ali. John David, I don't want to see us use nuclear weapons, but if it comes down to that, We've got Guam, Hawaii, and Alaska all with exposure. And the first thing that people have to understand is there's going to be casualties on both sides, but there's going to be a hell of a lot of casualties around Seoul, Korea. And we have somewhere, I don't know the exact number, but I've heard as few as 20,000 and as many as 30 American troops stationed in uh, Korea. John David, this is going to—it's going to be a bloodbath, and we cannot let this little psychopath continue to provoke us and get away with this. So, the main thing is, we got to fight it and fight to win. Here is thank you very much, John. Here is the the situation that was brought up a little bit earlier by Logan. Oh no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Logan. It was before Logan. It was the it was the gentleman who said that he believed that maybe the Democrats were trying to coerce Kim Jong un into pushing uh Donald Trump around to see what would happen. Well, that's a very dangerous experiment. Also, Americans tend to fall in love with presidents who take decisive war action against an aggressor that attacks us plainly, and that is exactly what North Korea is doing. So I'm not sure that that's a winning circumstance, but what I will tell you is this. Nikita Khrushchev met with John Kennedy in Vienna in 1960 and found him to be weak and malleable and thought that he had an opportunity to push him around a little bit. And if he had done so to a frank, positive effect for the Soviet Union. What was interesting was, is that he completely misjudged the circumstance john kennedy obviously made of sterner stuff than he thought and two backed up with some brilliant people took us through the cuban missile crisis brilliantly it it could not have been done better the more you find out about what was going on behind the scenes with the cuban missile crisis the more you appreciate the sure-handed presidential leadership of jfk it was brilliant now, without, without comparing the two leaders, because they're completely different men, I like America's brain trust on this particular issue. I would suspect, I would suspect that that B-1 bomber fleet, they probably, uh, they probably would get one heck of a workout. Because in order to keep North Korea from actually firing a nuclear missile, 
they're going to have to have their heads kept down by incoming fire at a rapid and shocking rate with military and government targets being the sole targets. You're going to try to stay away from any kind of population that you can possibly do. Let me get to Jason in Frisco. Jason, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Wells Report. Hello, J.D. Hey, buddy. I have to admit, this phone call is a bit disturbing, but I need to bring up a couple of bullet points for you because I need your advice. I am in. We have uh, reports that the North Koreans have fired a missile that went 600 miles into or toward the, uh, Japan. Yes. And we also have a missile launch towards Alaska that fell near Alaska. Right. Thinking that's 3,000 miles. Wait a minute. Did you uh, say that that missile went 3,000 miles? I Well, I'm wondering. I mean, that's what they had reported. No. That, uh, no. The 600-mile mile figure I can, I can go with, they don't have a submarine launched, an SLBM that'll go 3,000 miles. That's right. Right. They just don't. Well, everything that's been reported has been land-based. Yes. Now, what I have learned, and I, I have read that North Korea has 75 submarines. They have, uh, seven, yes, they do. They turn around and, or that he could, fully uh, uh, load uh-huh. submarine right. with um, ballistic missiles. Be 200 miles off the coast of America. Right. Again, we have missiles that go 600. Right. And be well within range to fire on L.A., San Diego, and San Francisco. Sure. Seattle uh, later with a secondary uh, submarine. And literally bring uh, these ballistic missiles to bear without any notification at all because they're... Jason, I'm sorry. I'm so- We're having a little bit of trouble with your telephone, but I think I get the gist of what you're saying. You're concerned about about a ballistic missile threat from North Korea. In point of fact, they do have a ballistic missile threat in North Korea with some competent submarines. They are diesel electric boats. That means that they are able to sail for a few days and then they have to recharge their batteries. This makes them easily found, easily tracked. In fact, I'm relatively sure that my would-have-been brothers in the United States Navy not only can track each of those submarines, they can differentiate between each of those submarines with unique signatures and probably have a lot of information, even the names of the boats, uh, in the computer systems of the BSY and BS2 uh, systems that would be running the war against this uh, this submarine force. In other words, of all of the weapon systems that Kim Jong-un has that he can use, the least likely of success would be the submarine threat. Because I guarantee you, there is not a, and they, he does not have 70 submarines. He, he may have 70 submarines, but he doesn't have 70 missile carrying submarines. He only has about a half a dozen of those. And, and I've been looking that up. It's, uh, I, I'll have the, uh, I'll have the actual class name for you after the end of next break. It's something like Sing Pao or something along that line. 
Um, and I'm I'm thinking that he has six of them, and only three of them are actually capable of carrying a weapon at this point. I will harden that data up as soon as I get a break here. But what I want to tell you is is that we spend a lot of money on the nuclear submarine capability of the United States. Every dime of that money has been well spent. Larry in Gun Barrel City, how you doing, brother? All right, all right. Uh, say this. Uh, what I've come to the conclusion is is that yet yeah, you're right. We we have to continue and go sub nuclear because of all the 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 fact that everything is so close to innocent people in Seoul, Korea, uh, and also we don't want to you know put another nuclear weapon on an Asian country like that, but. There is plenty we can do that, and I think President Trump should uh, just simply tell out loud to everybody that Kim Jong-un, if he sends another missile anywhere near the direction of our allies or us, it's going to end him, period. I mean, not not a nuclear-tipped missile hitting uh, San Francisco. I mean, if he sends a missile. That's, that That is a threat. He's already made the threat, so we're going to take him seriously, and we're going to end him. We've got those Moabs that we used in Afghanistan. I think a few, couple of dozen of those on the city of Pyongyang, and I, I don't mm. think there's going to be much there. It's going to yeah. be like Dresden. I, I, I understand what you're talking about, and certainly, yeah, those Moabs are, are serious weapons, but they're not really they're not really the ones indicated here. What you'll probably end up seeing is you'll end up seeing cruise missiles, conventional warhead cruise missiles flying through windows in various buildings, all military command and control, and anything having to do with rocket rocket forces capability. Um, there won't be any there won't be any weapons directed at civilians. We'll we'll lose civilians obviously, but there won't be any weapons directed at civilians. There's no need. They have suffered enough, first of all. Thing number two, North Korea can indeed move forward with their big brother, the Chinese, hanging over their shoulders and essentially keeping people from doing anything to interdict what they choose to do for a time. They have gotten beyond that. China started taking and they they sent they have sent messages to Kim Jong-un. You know, and I don't understand why he's not getting the message. When China sent back iron ore and various other materials from North Korea back to his country and then accepted the same supplies in North American halls, in in American halls, you know, that should have said, uh, you're stepping on the wrong toes and you should stop. Now they're getting direct messages to Pyongyang from Red China saying, hey, these people are serious. I doubt, I have no doubt whatsoever that there haven't been, there have been back channel communications between Red China and the United States. I don't see the United States moving one inch toward North Korea unless, A, North Korea actually fires another weapon, and B, whether, uh, whether she, whether it's a, a situation where, where, if they fire another weapon or do something provocative, you know, like sortie some missile carrying submarines, 
that's going to be enough. And I would suggest that what we would see is just exactly just exactly what people are calling for. We'll see a regime change in a blink. I don't know what else could possibly be in the offing. You're listening to The Wells Report. This is 660 AM, The Answer. If you have something you'd like to say, join us at 866-660-5759. You're listening to 660 AM, The Answer. The truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. The Wells Report with John David Wells on 660 AM, The Answer. You are listening to The Wells Report. My name is John David Wells. Our telephone number is 866-660-5759. 866-660-5759. If you have a concern about the Korean War, if you believe that you are not getting the correct story, if you are in a situation where you truly are worried, join us. Call me. Um, because I want to talk to you. I don't want you to be, I don't want you to worry about this. There have been times when we had to worry, when there were serious issues on the line and, and America went to bed worried. I don't want that to be the case here. Um, this guy's in a box. He is, he is surrounded on all sides by people that will not let him be successful in attacking our fighting men and women on Guam or anywhere else. The only really cons- the only real concern that I have is that it's really tough to stop an artillery battery when they just suddenly start shooting and and Seoul is within artillery range of the DMC. So, um it may be sudden, and it may be quick, and we may go to war coverage before you can say just exactly what did J.D. just say, but don't fret. We'll be okay. We'll be all right. This will be the Wells Report on 660 AM, The Answer.